0: You are listening to Cold
1: Fusion. Welcome to another episode of the Cold Fusion podcast. When Facebook first went online in 2004, it was nothing more than a fledgling website. Since then, the social media network has captured over 2 billion unique monthly users. Because of this, Facebook has been a social media icon for the past decade, swallowing Instagram and WhatsApp in its wake. But lately, attitudes towards Facebook are changing, and as a result, Facebook is dying. From accusations of causing mental harm, to data and security concerns, everybody seems to have had it with the social media giant, and the trend is growing beyond Facebook. In this podcast, we'll take a look at the surprising new statistics of how people are leaving Facebook, then we'll see why it's happening, and then end with a fascinating look at social media in general, and how it's affecting our society. So how exactly is Facebook dying? Young people are leaving Facebook in droves. According to recent data by the Pew Research Center that sampled US Facebook users 18 and up, 42% have taken a break from the social network for several weeks or more. To add to this, 44% of users aged 18 to 29 deleted Facebook's app in recent months. It might take some time for Facebook to Myspace itself, but 44% of young Americans deleting the app is very alarming for Facebook. It shows an incredible shift in attitude. In fact, I'd say a lot of the remaining people on Facebook only keep the app for the messenger function or the events page feature. This research data could be a stark leading indicator for the company and social media as a whole. People are just over Facebook and some are getting sick of social media in general.
0: It was the first thing I would do, you know, in the morning. You it it, when when you catch yourself going for that phone like your eyes open and like even before your first thought or impulse to pee enters your head the phone is the first impulse that's sick it was making me unhappy because you're always mm-hmm. thinking about all these other people you're worrying about all these other people what they're doing and and you're not living in the physical world but you don't even think about what's in front of you people that are in front of you every you know the physical world and i have this feeling too that spending so much time on social media actually impairs my thoughts i feel like mm-hmm. i don't think as clearly or as freely Because it it literally just is is a distraction.
1: So let's take a look at some reasons of why the social media giant is rapidly falling out of favor. Empathy is the ability to feel or understand another person's perspective. It's putting yourself in someone else's shoes, basically asking ourselves internally, what if that was me? Empathy is one of the major elements of humanity that prevents us from displaying animalistic tendencies. Social media has obliterated empathy in the past few years, and it's starting to show. A blatant disregard for human life. A group of Florida teens taunt a drowning man while filming his final moments from afar. Ain't nobody finna help you, you dumb shouldn't have got in there. The five teen boys
0: between the ages of 14 and 16 can be heard laughing as the man struggles to stay afloat in a pond in Cocoa, Florida. Rather than call for help, the teens recorded the incident
1: on cell phone, chuckling while they watched the man die. They say this when the man goes underwater And doesn't resurface. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible but familiar things happen when empathy goes away. As empathy destruction continues, you'll start seeing angry swarms of people demanding death to another person without fully understanding the circumstances or taking the effort to comprehend how the accused was feeling when they did or said something controversial. You've probably seen this kind of thing all over the internet recently. Of course, there are political and social movements riding on top of this. But I have a hunch that empathy destruction is close to the heart of why this is happening. The reduction of empathy is even more evident in younger developing minds.
0: But neuroscientists in BC may have found answers in science.
1: When you're engaged with your
0: phone or something external, these areas that are involved in daydreaming and thinking about your own thoughts and feelings shut off. The answers may be in the brain. See that blue area of the brain? That's the area that learns empathy. What they found is that those areas that learn empathy are only active when you do nothing, when you daydream. And that's something today's teenagers don't do. Kids are constantly engaged with their technology, their phones and the internet. They're not activating these brain areas that are important for self-reflection and reflecting on other people and allowing that empathy to emerge.
1: The Institute for Social Research found college students to be 40% lower in empathy than those in the 1990s. The study looked at things like helping a stranger carry their belongings, allowing someone ahead of them in line, or just helping a friend. Another study found that modern students seem to be much more self-concerned, individualistic, competitive, and confident. While some of these traits are good in small doses, when overrepresented, they can be quite negative. On average, 18 to 24-year-olds spend 12% of their life on social media. With those kind of numbers, there has to be some impact. High social media use has been linked to anxiety, depression, and stress. A 2015 report by Penn State University Center for Mental Health recorded a drastic rise in the three diagnoses. The reason for this state of affairs can be described as follows. When on social media, our expectations of life are sky-high, and that's because of what we see. Everybody looks and is perfect. They're always doing something cool, and it becomes oh so easy to ask oneself, why isn't my life like that? It can be said that comparison is the depletion of joy. To add to this, millennials and Generation Z have a tougher lot in life. Lower earnings, inflation, and scarce job prospects make a dream lifestyle difficult. There becomes this disconnect between reality and perceived reality, which can result in great sorrow. But the truth is, those perfect moments that are posted by others are very carefully selected and things may not be so perfect behind the scenes. Most social media platforms, and Facebook in particular, take part in hacking human nature. Engineers at these companies have exploited the biological dopamine reward pathways in our brains just to get us to spend more time on these sites. For example, a person might continue to scroll on Facebook because finding a post that they enjoy releases dopamine, so they'll keep scrolling until they find it. Likes, comments, and shares also release dopamine in our brains. Unfortunately for some, this can lead to a very real addiction, similar to chemical dependency on drugs.
0: Who worked with Mark Zuckerberg to develop Facebook with a bombshell claim.
1: How do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible? It's a social validation feedback loop because you're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology.
0: The 38-year-old mogul admits he, along with other pioneers of social media, knew what they were doing.
1: We understood this consciously, and we did it anyway. You've probably noticed that the internet is turning more and more divisive. Nobody can seem to talk to each other without getting angry. But why? Apart from low empathy causing detachment from other points of view, there might be another additional reason, the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger Effect was proposed by David Dunning and Justin Kruger in 1999. It states that if a person has limited knowledge on a topic, they'll be extremely confident in what they're saying and grossly overestimate their abilities. But as a person gains more knowledge, they might begin to realize that things are much more complicated than they first thought. As more knowledge is gained, one becomes less sure about what they're talking about. They only start to become confident again when they approach expert levels of knowledge. As you can imagine, internet discussions aren't full of experts. So if we apply this theory to social media conversations, we should expect to see this. The people who know the least will be commenting the most because they're the most confident. And those who have the most knowledge will be more likely to stay out of comment wars because they're less confident. As for the true experts, they're few and far between. The Dunning-Kruger effect combined with empathy destruction would create an environment where those with the least knowledge are the most vocal, yet are unable to comprehend opposing points of view, and at the same time, the more informed people are likely to stay silent. Ladies and gentlemen, social media in a nutshell. Never before have we seen the Dunning-Kruger effect so widespread globally, and I think people are starting to get tired of the nonsense that it creates. But combining this phenomenon with social media makes this problem go a whole lot further his former Facebook executive, Chatmath Hapatia, talking truthfully about how social media is ripping the very fabric of society apart.
0: You said that this is a time for soul-searching in social media businesses, and, and you were part of building the largest one. What soul-searching are you doing right now on that? I feel tremendous guilt. Um, even though we feigned this whole line of, like, there probably aren't any really bad unintended consequences... I think in the back, deep, deep recesses of our minds, we, we kind of knew something bad could happen. But I think the way we defined it was not like this. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. If you feed the beast, that beast will destroy you. If you push back on it, we have a chance to control it and rein it in. And it is a point in time where people need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. This is a global problem.
1: Mental health concerns and the disintegration of civil conversation have been brewing for years, but I think the most recent reason for the exodus in Facebook was due to the Cambridge Analytica scandal. People just didn't like their personal information being taken and sold on the open market. This was the straw that broke Facebook's back, it was the privacy concerns that finally woke people up. So what can we conclude from all of this? At first, it seems a little confronting, but on the bright side, people are starting to understand that social media isn't healthy if misused or overused. And that's generally how society works. We discover something new and then realize that it's not good for us. And then eventually, we swing back to an equilibrium. Even Google and Apple have implemented something called digital well-being in their latest versions of their smartphone software. Its aim is to encourage people to use their phones less. As a whole, it seems like we're reaching a turning point with social media. People are sick of how they feel when they use it. So hearing all of this, you might get the idea that social media is inherently bad, but it's not. For example, Facebook is great for keeping in contact with friends and family in other countries. It's important to remember the following. Social media isn't the enemy. It's just a tool that's an amplified reflection of us. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. Hopefully, podcasts like this might spread awareness about the emerging problems that we're starting to see. We need empathy. We have to be willing to imagine what other people who are different from us experience. If you don't want to do this, at least give it a thought. If not, we'll be giving in to impulsive animal-like instincts. We're better than that. As for Facebook, their ownership of Instagram and WhatsApp may be integral to their survival in the future. Ultimately, we'll have to wait and see what happens. So that's it. That was a look at Facebook, social media in general, and its darker side. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Cold Fusion, Please head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a review. For those of you who have Android phones, you can listen and subscribe to Cold Fusion on Google Podcasts and Spotify. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.